divided life into into 12 different categories and put teams out there to inventory, survey the plants and animals and fungi and lichens and all those categories. We have documented an amazing level of biodiversity in the Yellowwood, Morgan, Monroe backcountry area that we've surveyed. It's about a 900-acre tract of hardwood forest there. 320 acres of it is in the Low Gap Nature Preserve, and we are close the species count now is close to about 4,000 species, and the large preponderance of those species are insects or other invertebrates, and then uh, followed by uh, vascular plants and then fungi. And I have to say that we could spend another 10 years at the Yellowwood site before we would have adequately characterized the full breadth of biodiversity that we can see is there. And that's because there are many orders and families and groups of insects and other invertebrates in our hardwood forest that there simply aren't any experts studying that closely in North America. And so we are at a loss to survey, let alone identify, uh, hundreds of species of ants and centipedes and millipedes and other invertebrates that are out in in these forests. Uh, But we clearly are seeing them when we're out in them and recognizing that there's this storehouse of biodiversity that has just never been documented in an Indiana hardwood forest. And I think it's important to point out this is the first attempt to document the the biodiversity that is this comprehensive and and what we're calling this is a baseline survey because it's the first attempt that we can find anywhere in the literature to actually go into a tract of state forest or national forest that's beyond the century mark in age and find out what is living there in it that's part of that forest ecosystem Uh, there just isn't any other survey of this magnitude that we can find has been done anywhere on the state forest or the national forest, or in the state parks for that matter. It's important to characterize biodiversity because we, we think that climate change is causing, quote, some scientists, for example, an apocalypse in decline of insect species, native insect species uh, across the planet. Uh, huge declines in reptiles and amphibians and birds and other other taxonomic groups of life, but without any baseline data for the largest taxonomic groups like like the invertebrates, the insects, and the other arthropods, we don't have a beginning point to measure from to gauge that decline. And so when you hear scientists talking about this huge apocalypse, this huge die-off of species, it, it, it appears that we're, we're seeing this, but we don't have a good baseline to measure it from. And the, the EcoBlitz is an attempt to do that with the forest, the hardwood forest in Indiana, um, and indeed in the eastern United States. And that, that's why it's important. We have a hard time gauging the impact of, of climate change on biodiversity without it. So at the Yellowwood site, we've documented there are 4,000 different species, but I should point out that's not counting major groups of, in, of insects and invertebrates that we can't find experts who can identify them for us. 
across the country, particularly in Indiana, but elsewhere. We've gone to the Chicago Museum of Natural History, and we've gone to other uh, institutions, Smithsonian, and we, we just don't have experts who know many of the insects in many of these orders beyond family. They can't get it down to genus or species. It's really kind of shocking to me that that a study like this hasn't been done previously. But yeah, we're stunned that, at what we're finding, and then we're realizing that we're on the tip of an iceberg here and that our state officials are just completely, they're operating in the dark when it comes to forest management in terms of understanding uh, what the impacts of their logging are on Indiana's native biodiversity. In these 4,000 species, a little more than 2,200, 2,300 of them are insects. We've found 150, approximately, uh, ichthyomonid wasps. These are parasitic wasps. Each one of these wasps species, uh, these ichthyomonid wasps or parasitic wasps, has a single host or a group of hosts that it parasitizes it lays its eggs in these these other animals that's different from the next Iquimonid wasp species. We've we've got at least 150 of them. Now, many of these, however, we we can't identify down to the species level. We can't even identify them to the genus level. Um, we, we do have them down to the family level, and we know that the largest family, Ichmonanine, uh, is that, that has the, um, the family that has the majority of these wasps, they don't have any keys below uh, uh, a certain tribe and, and subfamily, so that if the wasp you find is in another tribe or subfamily, it hasn't yet been, uh, we can't find an expert that has a key identifying that species yet. Now, they may be there, but we, we can't find them just yet. So we're having to list these species uh, as, as what they call morpho uh, in the, by the, the, the species at the family level. And just say this we know is a distinct species. We can tell from looking at it, uh, entomologists that we've consulted, but they don't know what it is. So they're listing it with the words morpho beside it. And so that just tells you how, how much there is we don't know. When you have a parasitic wasp that is stinging other insects out in the forest or other invertebrates usually and laying its eggs in them, and it, it, there's 150 different kinds of these wasps we've found, and most of them we can't get it down to the genus of what they are. We just have them down to the family, you, you, you begin to realize that there's a whole bunch of parasite-host relationships out there in, the, in the, the taxonomic group that is the foundation of the forest ecosystem, the largest group of, of, of living creatures above the microbes out there, the most diverse group. And, but we don't have any idea what those parasite-host relationships are or what impacts they have on on the plants, the non-vascular plants, the vascular plants, the trees. We, we don't know. And so that's what, what I'm saying. That the state is operating in the dark. They really are. They, they, they're clueless about what, what many of these insect uh, host relationships are. And 
yet they're they're proceeding forward with these logging plans to eliminate, liquidate the whole amount of of 100-plus-year-old forests we have out there without that knowledge. And we hope that by presenting the breadth of what they don't know to them, that we might get them to take stock of this and slow down a little bit. So I should mention that of the 4,000 species, we've also found 24 rare, threatened, or endangered mammals, birds, reptiles, and amphibians on the site. That's under the state and and federal lists for those species. Uh, We've found more than 200 different insect species that we don't know what they are down to the genus level. Uh, I mean, we just know what they are to the family level. We've found 23 spiders uh, that are first-time finds for those species in Indiana. Uh, They've been found, if you look far enough in the literature, in other states or in Canada, but never found before in Indiana. Uh, So, uh, you know, we've we've found, uh, uh, we've netted five different bats and and have acoustic monitoring of three others. Uh, Every seven of, of these eight bats are either rare, threatened, or endangered in the state or in, in nationally. We've really found a storehouse of rare, threatened, and endangered biodiversity and of unknown biodiversity and of vast biodiversity in the Yellowwood, Morgan Monroe backcountry area.